0: What's up, y'all? You're listening to another episode of Hang Time and Friends. I'm your host, Ebony Anderson-Brown. And before we even jump into this episode, I want you to stop what you're doing and follow this podcast on whatever streaming platform you're tuning in from. Right now we're on season two and I'm personally excited of how far we've come along between the amount of subscribers, listens, and even people hitting me up to be guests on the show. We went from spotlighting artists that we've written editorial pieces on to interviewing professionals in the entertainment space such as our special guests on today's episode. Before I kick things off, I want to give a shout out to our Patreon subscribers and supporters. You're the reason why we are able to continue doing what we do. and a special thanks to Andy Creative Network and Storytime Studios, because without you guys, this dream wouldn't be possible. Be sure to stick around to the end of this episode, as I will be making a huge announcement, which I think my producer and audio engineering peeps would be very interested in. So without further ado, I introduce you to digital marketer, friend, editor-in-chief, and adjunct professor, Felisa Don Pointer. First,
1: thank you again for like taking this. Um, this call. It would have been great to be in a studio, but um, I know, like, both of our schedules was really great, but and this is why I wanted to have this conversation with you, uh, just because, like, who you are and what you do. Actually, you do a lot, <laughs> to be oh, honest. Oh, stop. stop. <laughs> no, you, come on, you do a lot. You're an adjunct. Okay, I just, I forgot that you were an adjunct professor at Rutgers. So, like, that that hit me I have to, like, do, like, really quick research again, and I was just like, oh, shit, yeah, that's right, should have do and then you also have the IEMC, is it yes? Yeah, okay. And then of course Ember Entertainment, and that's what I knew you doing before. And then I know you also have like your side thing where you actually help people with um, personal branding, um, digital media content, um, social media marketing, just all of that. So I just first like just give me a rundown to everything that you do because <laughs> it, it is a lot, and I don't want to overshadow anything um that that is prevalent to who you are. No problem. So um first of all thank you. Um hearing it back from someone else, you're like, oh wow, that does sound like a lot. But um when I'm when I'm doing it it I I guess I'm trying to merge them together so it seems cohesive in a way that I sometimes don't notice that I'm doing so much. Um so I get kind of start from how we met initially. Um, I am the founder and editor-in-chief over at Invert, um, formerly known as Invert Entertainment, um, which is a digital news platform for independent artists or entertainers. So we cover everything from music to film and fashion, and there is a platform for artists that may not um, find placements on other uh blog sites or other news sites. Um we service talent over um popularity. That's what our goal is. So if the music is fire, we're gonna spotlight it. We're not interested in if you have a verified blue check. We're just solely interested in are you in this for the right reasons, um, meaning are you really passionate about the art and um how we can help. So we in a sense uh serve as a facilitator in Forming that conversation between artists and consumer. So we speak to the creatives and we kind of curate that into different types of mediums, so blogs, uh, whether it's an interview or a write-up or an opinion piece, um, music video spotlights, single releases, tour announcements. Um, There's a lot that we do there and we're excited to what we're going to be doing. Um, in the coming years, but kind of quick kind of recap of what we did recently. We recently partnered with um, Globe Atlas, which is a PR firm in New York City, and they primarily work with record label uh, Neon Gold, Um, and we had a chance to go out to the York Smith concert, uh, which was yesterday. So um, we had a chance to, well, Wednesday, excuse me, we had the chance to go out and kind of photograph the show with a sold out four days, speak to the artists, um, and kind of just give get ourselves more recognition and do things outside or partner with other firms to kind of create content for these amazing artists. Um so the next thing um would be kinda of, all of them are kinda of, I guess related in a sense, but I'll talk briefly about the nonprofit, the IEMP which is um, referred to as the Independent Entertainment Media Coalition. And we're in our our baby stages. We're probably in the first official year um, being formed um, and actually working in the community. So the nonprofit, the IEMC that I founded, is dedicated to freelance media figures and um, freelance writers. So we help podcasters, bloggers, YouTubers, uh, writers in general, um, or aspiring writers, so high school seniors, college students, um, or post-high school students who are currently working in the field or seeking positions in the film to uh, get funding, whether it's financially through our grant program, um, or if they're a high school student and they're looking to go to college or a post-secondary training school for journalism or media studies, we provide them access to the IMC Buddy Blogger Scholarship, um which grants two scholarships a year um for people that are uh, high school graduates that are entering the educational space with the purpose of studying the i guess media or communications mm-hmm. um also we do qualify high school graduates who have had a chance to enter the field, maybe they don't have the financial backing or the support, or they don't have the desire to enter higher education and they want to enter the field directly. So they are working on externships or volunteer experiences or they're interning, um, why they kind of get their personal experience uh, built, so we offer them the scholarship as well. Um so the INC when you put together events for freelance uh the freelance community, whether it's a blogger brunch meetup or mm-hmm. if it's um a business registration event that we're currently working on um with a few sponsors that we can't announce yet. But we are our goal is to primarily help the media um Build a, a solid foundation for their platform. So whether you're you have a website or you have a podcast or you have a YouTube channel, that you have that support that you need because oftentimes uh, freelancers are out there alone. They don't really have a network of resources that they have readily available. Whereas mm-hmm. their counterparts that may have like for a bigger publication have the access to the PR folks who can invite them to conferences or if their camera breaks. For someone who works at a bigger publication, they literally have a team of video people that they can call on hand. Um, But for freelancers, that camera is their lifeline. That's how they make their money. That's how they make their art. So um, we want to make sure that we are able to provide the resources necessary in order to build their platform. Um, The second branch of the nonprofit is to partner the media with the artists. So Mm -hmm. we're we're setting up a... um, I guess it would be sort of a incentive for artists to work with our members because we are a 501C7, which is a social group, or think about it like a fraternity or sorority um, where we have members and our members have access to uh, discount rates, whether it's uh, branding services or rental spaces, makeup artists or graphic designers, photographers, all that good stuff. Um, but... With that membership, the community of creators who are interested in getting their content written about on these forms, they have someone to go to, right? So they have um, like a home in New Jersey because oftentimes in New Jersey what the problem is for, I guess, for media and for artists is the media is constantly seeking uh, events or connections in other places outside of New Jersey, whether it's Philly um, or New York City but there's no centralized hub for New Jersey, and New mm-hmm. Jersey artists are constantly trying to get their name out there and spending a lot of money going to showcases or paying their way through these these smaller shows to kind of get recognition. So that's the second part of the nonprofit. Um, I guess the last things I do um, <laughs> will be, yes, I have never really think about it out loud. I'm just, so the last things I do, um, I have a company called the Brain Pickers Academy which is a marketing educational um, a marketing educational experience where I um, host workshops for small businesses and entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs who are looking to really take their business the next step and t- taking a deeper look at their social media to see what they could be doing, what they what they're doing well, what they could kind of essentially move into their marketing strategies, whether it's email marketing campaigns, graphic design, video content, writing blog posts, SEO, search engine optimization, uh, content writing, uh, affiliate marketing. Um, so with that, I have an amazing partnership with Thinkific, and I'm going to be launching a online uh, classroom where if you aren't in the New Jersey area, which is where I host most of my workshops, you have the ability to go online and access these uh, these classes, if you will, um, to learn about these niche kind of topics in marketing. So if you wanted to learn graphic design made easy, you can go and learn it there. Um, I'm working really hard with the team over at the end to launch in the next few months, which I'm really excited about. Um, and in addition to that, I think it kind of spiraled out of my professional experience in the past two two years um, of working at Workers' University in New Brunswick, and I teach digital marketing strategy there um, at the undergraduate level, and I say, you know what, there are students in this class that may be taking this class because they're genuinely interested, right? Or maybe they're just taking the class because there's a requirement for them, right? Um, I always hope that my students take a lot of what I teach them outside of the classroom but they're paying a lot of money by way of the university in order to get that education. And I said to myself, there are plenty of people that don't have either the financial means to come and sit in these classrooms to get this knowledge. So that's kind of the brainchild behind uh, Brain Pickers Academy. Um, mm-hmm. Was Okay, how can I take what I'm already teaching and disseminate it to an audience everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. So for those who aren't able-bodied, um, they're able to attend in the comfort of their own space, um, and for those who may be on a tighter budget or may not have the financial needs, now we offer both free workshops in person, which is always my commitment, only free workshops. I don't charge for my workshops,
2: mm-hmm. um, but
1: a price point for the online classrooms that they can afford. So um, that's essentially kind of who I am. In, in a nutshell, I'm uh, I guess a gumbo of just media like whether it's teaching it or participating in it or facilitating it to different communities yeah honestly yeah. okay this is that's super inspiring and I think this is kind of why I've always wanted to do this, have this relationship with you because with real no shit I want to be you I don't feel like I'm ever doing enough to be quite honest yeah like so I love, okay, so I love how, yes, everything that you do is media, but you also have like this other aspect where you're kind of advocating not just um, artists and creatives, but the people that have an interest to support artists and creatives as well. So how, so with the, um, the program that you have built um, to kind of teach social media marketing and digital marketing, like what are some of the steps that goes into doing something like that? Because there are a lot of people that I know, and even myself, like that kind of seems like the next step. It's like, how do I educate and advocate for people um, once I've obtained all this information? Because you are just you are a gumbo of (laughs) media. So, just like, what are like the steps that you had to take, or like, when did you realize like, okay, this is something that I should kind of just like share with others, not just hold it to myself. Um. First of all, thank you. Um. I think. I didn't have that kind of incentive. It, was, it wasn't it was until a lot of my friends or the people that I've had a chance to work with continuously reached out to me. So it was like they'll text me, hey, how do I do this? Or, hey, how do I do this? Or, hey, do you know someone that does this? Or, hey, like I would get those questions a lot, like so much so, just to be quite honest, it would irritate me. I'm like, I just told you how to do this. I actually don't do this. Or I told you that about this person. But it was a way of God just shaking me a bit like, hey, I I, I I was always wondering why is it that I learned these things or why is it that someone's teaching me this or why is it that this is interesting to me, right? And I, I kind of let go and was like a, a, the light bulb went off and it was just like, hey, God is teaching you this because he wants you to pass it on. It may not be applicable to me, right? Mm-hmm. I learned a lot of things about, let's say, film editing and sponsorship decks and I learned a lot in the past here about animations and, and, and how to pitch proposals for big studios and I've learned about copywriting music. I don't need it, right? I don't make mm-hmm. films. I don't make these things. So I think it's just my general, my, I guess in general, my how would, my curiosity, like my curiosity mm-hmm. about how things work. Cause I'm always at first like, hey, how did you do that? Or who is that? Mm-hmm. Why, why did they do that? With? Or how do you get this done? And it's, it's not that I do it for my own self. It's just I guess kind of, I want to know. Like I'm kind of nosy. Like, okay, so if this person created a book, why didn't they make a movie out of it? Oh, because of rights. Okay, how do I sell the rights to it? Still retain the ownership? Oh, I have to do with the licensing. Oh, okay, so how much is a good price point to sell this at? Right. So then, with and kind of being dumped all of this stuff on my brain, was like, okay, I can't take any anything else. Like, so in order to make room for new stuff, I had to start letting things go. So I initially uh, had friends reach out to me, and I was like, hey, um, I'm just going to send you over these things that I got. Well, I'm just going to send you over this thing that I'm going to connect you with this person. And it kind of became a a staple of who I am, like connecting people with other people or connecting dots for other people creatively. So friends will call me, hey, I'm working on this uh, poetry book. How do you think I should package it? Or, hey, I have this idea for a concert, if you're a musician how do you think I should use a stage lighting? Or do you know anyone that says stage lighting? Or what venue should I go to, right? Or how do I pitch myself for a tour with a major artist? Like, things like that. So um, kind of the area that I operate is saying that the things that I've come in uh, in contact with, be mindful, right? I, I'm constantly trying to be mindful of that to be dismissive. Because even though it's not applicable to me, this mm. may be useful for someone else. Mm. So it, it, I guess because I'm trying to make room in my own brain, it was just like, all right, I need to make this into a workbook and give this to someone, or I need to afford this. So, like, I text myself a lot of times in the moment just sending it over to someone. Like, the first thing that's popping in my mind, I'll send it over. So, if, for example, I, I went to lunch with a friend who did a uh, study abroad program, and she ended up staying um, in London to uh, pursue her MSA, uh, Master of Fine Arts. When mm-hmm. her discipline is theater, right? So classical theater, and we were catching up. We had, she would go up like peers and um, and having a conversation with her. She was like, "Hey, I'm thinking about uh, creating my own production. I don't really know how to get started. I just started to do the writing. A lot of my connections that I formed are in London, and I'm here in New Jersey now. I really feel lost." And I was like. Oh, I know someone who does theater productions. I know someone who's digging things up. And I was, it's it, it, like the light went off and I was like, let me just tell her now while, while I'm thinking about it. Because it, it would, I would hate for an opportunity to be, pa- or uh, my opportunity to be passed by because someone is too selfish to send it over. Yeah. And you never know wh- what someone knows, who someone knows, and how they can get you to where you need to be. So just paying it forward. I think is the biggest asset that I've come through in the past couple of years. Is listen. This may not benefit me. I may not have nothing to do with it in the long run. But I made that connection. And it wasn't until she came back to me after leaving the restaurant, and she pulled me to the side. And it's this this isn't to, I hope this doesn't sound braggadocious. I really don't. I want people to hear. The, the, the process how the universe and God will come back to you, and sometimes it's through the words of other people. Mm-hmm. And she said to me after we left, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. Uh, I can't wait for your production. I'm just going to connect you with this the person that I know. I hope something happens, right? I can't guarantee anything. I can only make the connections that I know, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't, but I try right? Yeah. um And she said, I just want to say something to you. I'm just like, what? And she's like, I want you to know that it's because of you that I started to pursue my art full-time. And she yeah. said, you may not remember this, but when you were, we were in college, we went to school together, um, undergrad. And she said, I told you we had a, a music theory class together. And she said, I told you that I really wanted to sing and I loved music. And she said, without hesitation, she was like, oh, record it. Like, you said it nonchalantly. Like, um, okay, like it was a like passing in conversation, like, oh, yeah, I like music, so do it. And then you you were the first person to say, do it. Everyone else was like, oh, well, you to the same school for what you're here for and blah, blah, blah. And she said, you were the first person that gave me my words of encouragement. And then after that, I even came back to you with a full project that I produced with, at the time, um, who's my ex now, but we ended up dating after. We met through her. And she said, um, I produced my project, and then I came back, and the first time I ever had an interview as an artist, it was on your radio show on campus. So I just yeah. want you to know that things are full circle. Like, because of you, I had the spark in order to get my stuff off the ground. And now look at us. We're years down the line. I have my first theater piece that I'm producing. I now have my NSA. I have both international experiences. She's like, it was because you, you helped me. you You pushed me to be an artist. Not everyone else is going to do that. So, in hearing her say that, it almost brought me to tears because I didn't think something as small as saying, yeah, you should do it. Why not?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Would push someone to actually pursue their dreams and what they're passionate about. Yeah. So, I say that because it's just like you never know. Your words are powerful. You never know what you're speaking into someone. And you never know how that's going to circle back and how how 360 life is. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's so beautiful. I, literally, I can literally relate to that story because that's happened to me on so many occasions. Even like with like my coworkers now, where they're just telling me, they're like, yeah, I've always been interested in doing it. But like, saying, do you say, not sure? Oh, yeah, just do it. And they're like, they're just so shocked. And they're just like, what do you mean just do it? I'm like, it's possible. Just, you can just do it. Like, just do it. And then they, they do it and it like, they don't realize that I will always take screenshots. Like I'm just like, oh my god, this is so beautiful. Like it, it also brings me to tears. Is it's just amazing that you're you're not thinking anything behind it. You. You're just saying like, like this is something you want to do. You just gotta go ahead and just do it. And wow, that's really beautiful. I love it. that. Was a full 360 right there. Honestly, and, like, those are the type of things that makes me personally keep going. Uh, yeah. Wow. Like, what are some things that keep you? Doing? I know that you just gave me that like wonderful story, but is there anything else like that kind of motivates you to just keep doing like the like being a professor or just teaching free courses about digital media um, and even with Enver um, and then I am I am Um, I think that just it, it is worth. I never sat down to think about this and. <laughs> I, I don't. And that's that's what, what I'm here for. Too I, much I think I've learned, I've learned, like, with doing this podcast, I meet with so many artists and so many people that are, like, professionals, and I just ask them all these questions, and they look at me, and it covers the mic. Like, it's just like, yo, <laughs> why are you asking these questions? I'm like, Cause this is what I want, this is what I want to know, and this is what people like you also want to know. So, I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's kind of good, because when you start reflecting, you know, sometimes you live too much in the moment. And we don't take the time to reflect, like, how far we've come. I think, I don't know, what pushes me? I think it's the joy. Okay, I'll say this, and it sounds really somber, but I my life experiences have all been through rejection.
2: Mm. Like,
1: it's always been, you can't do this, you shouldn't do this, you should do something else. And, and hearing that so often, and, damn, I'm about to cry. And hearing that so often, you think about it like, yo, if I can't do it, I'm going to help someone else get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, so growing up, uh, I always wanted to be like a singer, right? But I wanted to be, I'm like an old soul, so I wanted to be like a Diana Ross, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to be paddling, about like, these are things I told myself, right? So like I would write like songs and sing them, and I would do like video treatments. Like I'm like the only child that did stuff like this. So um, I remember singing one time, and I I think it was one of my older sister's friends, and they were like, "Oh, you should! Oh, you, your voice is so beautiful. You should do it. Full, you should do it forever. You should do it forever. Like we we're young." And I forget someone else was in the room. I can't remember who they were, but they were like, "Don't you know that only like one in a million um, make it professionally as a singer?" And my, it, it wasn't that they told me that I couldn't do it. It was mm-hmm. they told me they showed me how difficult it would be. Yeah, and I I gave in and I gave up too quickly on myself. So I said, okay, if it, it's only one in a million, I'm never that lucky person. I'm never the person that things happen for. So let me just, instead of making music, let me write about music, right, for the people who are brave enough to continue to pursue it. And if I can't do it and I can't, Um, do it myself? Why not show other people how to do it? So I'm going to study real hard to make sure that I have all of the resources for other people for them to be able to get their their dreams done. And I guess the the thing that's the most satisfactory about it is you see someone else's dream live. You see someone else's dream go on even though your dream wasn't able to to flourish. So it's the satisfaction of knowing you helped someone create something that now have either a tangible, meaning physical, or a creative lifespan, right? So, yeah. I can't sing, but I help someone make a song. I can't write a book, but I help someone get the thoughts out of their brain to write a book, right? Mm-hmm. So, I started to get myself out and I'm doing this now, to get myself out of the habit of saying, I can't do something and just doing it. Mm-hmm. And, yes, yeah, sometimes it's not a different go-round. Mm-hmm. But, in order to get good, you have to keep going. So, mm-hmm. Um, I guess the thing that kind of keeps me going is the fact that um, that I guess God is just merciful. Like, all of the things that I thought I wouldn't be able to do, I've been doing them. And removing the the kind of limits on myself, I've seen how far I can come. And experiencing that, joy and the joy of others succeeding is really kind of what helps me. It's like I know that I didn't have resources and I know I didn't have a strong support system and I know I didn't have these things. So being able to be that for others is really kind of what makes me feel good. Wow. Yeah. I can relate to that too. See, this is why I love you. <laughs> like this is I to be you. i just like – this is putting all, but like I'm, I'm literally like tearing up right now too. Like this is so beautiful. This is definitely a conversation that I, like needed to be had, and I just feel like every <laughs> you, it's mostly or just kind of fan about Latasha, or just kind of like catching up. Let me asking you advice the questions like, know, how does, how the fuck do you do this? Because sometimes it can just be public and just me personally, like, cause practice no, like building something from the ground up is a lot of work and it's a lot of work, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, it's like and it's like the work is never finished, and mm-hmm. it's like. When you have things that you want to accomplish and you work in so many different mediums,
2: mm-hmm. the
1: things that have brought me sanity is finding a way to merge everything so that way I'm accountable for myself. And I know that even if I'm working on one project, it's still benefiting the other projects that I'm working on. But, yeah. so like, being a team of one sucked for a long time.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: the more that I started to act on what was in my brain and help others, my community found me. Yeah, Look, look at the word. My and, and it's like you go into it thinking, oh, my God, I have no help. And, oh, my God, I don't have resources. And I just had this conversation with one of my friends the other day. He was like, stop asking God for things that you aren't ready to receive. And when I said, yo, I really need help, I really need support, I really need this, when I started to, when I made my formal announcement for uh um, Business Academy, and I said, "Hey, I'm going to be doing a tour in Union County, New Jersey. These are the stops that we're making. I'm not lying to you when I said mostly all of them were at capacity with a waiting list. And yeah. it was is and the thing is, it wasn't people that I know. Like it wasn't like friends and family for the most part. It was people that I know or that I've worked with in conversations I had in the past that forwarded my information to someone, and it was like, yo, she she knows what she's talking. about. you should go." Because you're asking me and I don't know how to help you, but I know she can help you. Or if she was saying, yo, I really need to sit down and go over this one more time with you. So instead of saying, yo, let me pick your brain real quick, I came up to Brain Creatures Academy. Because like, I can only spread myself thus open. And when I said, listen, if you really want to sit down and pick my brain, come to one of these, these stops, and I help you as much as I can. And to see and walk in the door and people believe in me and to have every seat filled and to have these these facilities calling me back to say hey can you come back we've had people calling we've had people emailing us months um, what days work best for you like and it's just like to see that because when you are I guess. And this is kind of what the benefit is when you're genuine with people, when you tell them, hey, I know this person, I know this. You're never doing it for a selfish reason. You're not doing it to put your name on something. You're not doing it to be uh, financially compensated. You're doing it to just be nice, I guess, to just be nice. Like, hey, you're looking for someone to pick up your theater piece, hey, I know someone who's buying theater pieces right now. Why not, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not getting anything out of it, but I know you guys, so why not introduce you? Mm -hmm. To then have those same people that – you thought that, that, that task was so small. It was nothing but putting someone in a group chat. Mm-hmm. It was nothing but tagging on Facebook or tagging someone on Instagram or retweeting something on Twitter.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: then you come back and when you actually start doing what you're, you're focusing on or working on yourself or your project, to see those same people reach back out and say, hey, you had me before, I had you now. It's just comforting. It's like, mm-hmm. because as a creative, when you do things, you do a lot of it alone. A lot of it, whether it's the copywriting for interviews, contacting managers to get bookings, or following up with facilities trying to pitch your own brand to people for them to buy into. You sell assets. Like there's a lot. Of you know this when you're interviewing yeah. someone, to tra- writing out a transcript. First of all, you have to book. You have to find the contact information for the person you want to interview, and you yeah. have to stalk them down to get the interview. And then when you get the interview, now you have to transcribe the audio. And then once you transcribe the audio, now you have to write the article. It's not finished there. It's you you produce the article, you go through different edits, and then you have to create a graphic for those media. And then you have to schedule it, and then you have to circle back to the team and say, hey, the poster's now up, do you mind reposting? That's After 17 steps to get that one thing that you want to get done. Mm-hmm. But once it's complete, it's the most rewarding for in the world. Yes, it is. Amen. Yo, this should be a church. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, I sit down and I think about these things. I'm like, people have this notion that, um, and this is, of course, no Beyonce slander. They say Beyonce have, has the same 24 hours you do. And I'm like, but Beyonce has a team. Beyonce has years of doing this. Beyonce has people, meaning resources meaning financially. Network wise, physical bodies and brains to get it done. When mm-hmm. you're putting that onus on one person who is in the beginning stages of their career to get something done, it's unfair to people. It's really unfair. Yeah. You can't expect someone to produce at a Beyonce or a Oprah or a Tyler Perry or who. Name the, name the phenomenal person, right? The mm-hmm. uh, level if they don't have any humble ground beginnings, right? Yeah. In order to get your team, you have to work through your teams yourself, and that's the unfortunate lesson I learned. Yeah. So I had to go to teams of interns. I had to go to teams of interns, and I had to go to career fairs, and I had to go through resumes, and I had to – I had a bunch of bad apples, and then I got finally got to some good apples. And I was like, this has prepared me to be an effective leader. This has prepared me to understand what it is I need help with. Right? Because you assume that oh my God, if I have this amazing staff of writers, I'll, my publication will take off. Mm-hmm. But it's like, do you know how to manage your team? Do you mm-hmm. know what you want them to be doing? Do you know them do you do they understand who your audience is? How do you explain that to them, right, who they're writing for? And okay, are you going are you financially ready to compensate these people? Or do you have the time necessarily go to go training with them? And do you have the the, the time to up people with the projects they're working So be careful what you ask for. I asked for a team of writers, and then I had a whole bunch more work to do because I had to manage those writers, and then I had to edit the polls, and I had to go back and do the SEO. There's a lot of things. So just, just crawl before mm-hmm. July. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Honestly, I told you, this should be a church. <laughs> <I'll catch. laughs> okay, so I, um, in all that you said, um, you were kind of grabbing hold of, like the steps that it takes um, to basically just get content out. So, what are those steps? Like, if you can, like, kind of just go through that, because I get those questions as well. And at this point, I just have to create, like, a PDF where I can just send it to people. Like, look, like, this is a, I have a list shit on my plate. just please take this PDF and run with it. But I want, other people to hear you say, like, what are those steps when it comes to promoting a new release or reaching out to publishers like ourselves um, for, like, how like advice um, for social media or media marketing in general? Um, So there's a lot of ways I can kind of approach this. Well, Mm -hmm. I'll first talk about, as a writer, how do you find content and how do you organize that to then go on and kind of market it? Mm -hmm. And I think that's the biggest problem that I had in the beginning. Um, I work with a very, as I said earlier, um, I work with a very niche audience. It's it's independent entertainers, it's people that are signed to minor record labels, or people who aren't signed at all, right? Mm-hmm. So to find that content takes time, and because my hand is in so many other pots, sometimes I don't have the time. So oh. even if I have, even if I have an audience, I can't find the content to deliver them. They're going to go elsewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Um, So the first thing I did was research my content subject. I Mm -hmm. said, hey, what am I writing it about again? So I had to write out, right, paper and pen. I had to write out what the platform my site Invert was going to give out. Who are we servicing? What do we do? How do we do this, right? Mm So Meaning, all right, we understand what our topic is, right? Independent. Well, who are our audiences, right? We're servicing the independent creators. Okay, what do we write about? We write about music and entertainment. There you go. We, we now we've narrowed the category down, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then next, we where is this content coming from, right? So I was I was forming relationships with artists and. It was taking so long for them to send me over pitches and blah, 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 because they're not formally trained when they're in this area of their career.
2: Mm-hmm. Now,
1: if they're with a major record label, they have a PR person, they have a, a label head, they have R people that handle this stuff for them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when they're independent, they don't really think about things like this. So they come to you with a, a, a pitch but no information. Hey, can you put my phone on their website? And I'm just like, um, Sure. Where is Where is the press release? Where is the press image? Do you have a link to the full, um, the art, the, the audio? When is the audio going to be released? Do you want me to premiere it, or do you want me to do a review, or do you just want me to write about it? Like, understanding the content that you're giving someone to write about, right? Because they will be this, yes. they you be about it in the wrong way, right? Or you upload a photo of them from six years ago, they're like, that's not my look right now. Or this song wasn't supposed to be written about until two weeks from now because I have it premiering on another platform, so you stepped on a premiere of this one. So those context schools matter. So the first thing I did was I created a submission guideline page. And I put on there, these are the things we need in order to get your submission done. Okay, you want to be featured on our event calendar? This is what I need. You want to have a premiere? This is what I need. You want us to cover your event? This is what I need with guidelines, right? I need this before a certain date, right? And this is when you'll get it back, blah, blah, blah. So then I went to say, okay, how can I automate this content to come to me? Because if I don't have a team of writers who are going out there and making connections with these artists, I have nothing to write about. So I sat down and I researched all the minor record labels, meaning labels that are not associated with the big three, right? People that are not associated with Sony, Universal Music Group, um, Epic, Capital, the, the big ones, Atlantic, right? So yeah. all of the minors, you can name them. Like, right, like, uh, Ryan Sayers, is a great part of ours. Uh, Mellow Music Group, Mom and um, uh, M- Mom and Pop Records, Father and Daughter Records. Um, oh, so many people. Partisan Records. Um, there's a bunch of people, right? I just brought me on goal a bit ago. But what I did was I sat down and I made an, a Google Drive document, like an Excel document. And I put the name of the label, I put the genre of the label, I put the press email of the label, mm-hmm. and then I put in a separate category what artists are currently signed to them. Mm-hmm. So with that, I said, okay, now that I'm organized, right? And these are processes, and are, it, people assume that content is going to come to you all willy-nilly. My case, mm-hmm. I would go weeks with dry spots because I couldn't find anything right about. So. I went to each of these websites for the, the labels where I've emailed the press people at this point, and I said, can you add me to your press list? Can you add me to your media list? Can you add me mm-hmm. to your press list? Subscribe to their newsletter. So now I'm going to my inbox, and I'm getting tons and tons and tons of emails from the labels every day or every time they have a release. Oh, this is the releases that are coming out this week. Here is a press release. Here is a press image. Here is a little song or the video. Here's a video. Here is the the links to the ticket sales. For the tour announcement, and I'm just like this made my life so much easier as a writer, right? Yeah. I can go to my inbox and I can look through. Oh, I don't like this. Oh, don't like this. Oh, okay, I like this one. I'll pick this one up today. So it made my life that much easier. And people refer to this as hyperlocal news blogging, right? So you have something to to you, and then you kind of spruce it up and then you disseminate it, right? Yeah. Um, the second type is um, for me as a writer is I with the guidelines. I would send those to, I had an automated uh, message that I have for myself inside of my notes in my phone. So anytime an artist reaches out uh, to us, whether it's on Invert social or if they contact me directly or whatever the case is, um, I copy and paste it. So I say thank you um, for your interest in being placed on Invert. We do appreciate your support. Um, for a list of our guidelines and how to submit to our site, please visit this website. So Mm -hmm. I have a link for the submission guidelines. Remember, I made that in the beginning. So now when they go to that, they understand what I need for them in order to get the pitch done. And I even included on that page templates of press releases. Oh, are you a musician looking to get your song picked up? Try this press release. Mm -hmm. Are you a fashion designer looking to get an interview? Try this press release. Are you looking to get your event covered? Try this press release. So Mm -hmm. I made... Templates for them, and this is time consuming, but it's is, do you want to get it done or do you want to get it done well right but mm. so if you want to get it done right now, you can go about it the process you've been doing it, but if you want it to get done effectively and to have consistent content, you have to streamline it somehow yes. and order to streamline it, you have to sit down and think about these things strategically. so when I talk to marketers or businesses small businesses or entrepreneurs, I say the same thing, all right, yes. You're a small business, but how long are you going to go start for yourself? Oh, I don't have a social media person. Oh, I don't have the money or the budget to keep this person. Oh, I don't mm-hmm. have the time to educate myself. Okay, do you have 30 minutes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In 30 minutes, you can write down all of your sales that you're going to have for that week
2: mm-hmm.
1: or for that month. Or even if you want to kind of automate all of this, what are, what are your goals for the next two months as a business? Do you have any? And if they don't, that's your number one problem. You mm-hmm. cannot enter a space if you don't know what you're expecting of it. So you can't track how you're performing online or any marketing campaign if you don't know what the objectives are, right? Am I looking to sell merch? Am I looking to get new clients? Am I looking to just gain a following, right? These are the things that I ask the people that come to my workshops and will reach out to me for my um, educational seminars. Is Do you know what you're looking for? You have mm-hmm. to know before you can receive it, right? Um, and in marketing, a lot of it is understanding your audience. And I say that because invert the, the algorithms change all the time, right? Yeah. So with invert social, we were like, peaking, we were peaking, right? We were getting so much engagement on Instagram, and then it went down to zero. We were peaking on, t- we were flat on Twitter, and then all of a sudden it became my biggest platform, right? So yeah. just navigating those spaces, understanding what people are looking for you in those places, and so now feeler it's okay if someone doesn't retweet yourself. It tells you that either, A, you need to activate your audience. So it's saying, okay, you're interviewing an artist. Let them know when the article is going to go live yes. so that they know to when they're it, right? Let mm-hmm. the label know when you're going to post something so they can go on and like it and they can go put on their story, right? Yes. It's, it's always two tiers of marketing. It's either you want to take the time to learn the algorithm, Use hashtag, post at optimal times, all that good stuff, right? Daily catching images. Or do you want to let just organically blossom by way of other people's social media um, audiences, right? Them mm-hmm. re-sharing it, them reposting it, things like that. Or do you just throw money behind it, right? I always, if you're not into tangible items, like selling physical clothes mm-hmm. and stuff like that, I always kind of nudge people away from that in the beginning because you'll waste a lot of money, because you don't know exactly what you're looking for, who your audience is, and then you can just flush it down the trade, right? Because yeah. the platform, they'll, oh, you want to do 150 ads? Ah, no problem. We'll take it. And you see no return from it. Wow. So understanding who your audience is first is essential. Understanding what your goal is for that campaign is essential. Understanding what your limits are is also essential. Do you have the time to go and create these Super amazing video, or do you have content that you can be repurposing, right? Maybe you have photos that you're taking of other customers, or maybe customers are taking photos with your merch. Why not repost those with your permission, right? Yeah. Um. I'll go back to the example that I had earlier. I photographed Ewer Smith the uh, week, and for her show, the lighting, the head of lighting, um, popped up into my algorithm on Instagram. Oh wow, that's weird. Um, so I went to their bio, because I didn't know who the person was. I went to their bio, and I was like, oh, the headlighter for Dura um, Smith, and there's another artist that was in his bio. And um, he I started following, uh, oh, excuse me, her, I started following her. Mm-hmm. And in her following me, she came from Page said, the photos that I uploaded of the concert, the one that I liked the most. Yeah. So she's just like, "Oh my God, these photos are amazing. Do you mind if I post it to my socials and share it with the artist?" I was, like, "Oh yeah, you can do whatever, you, whatever you need me to do. Just let me know." Right. Yeah. But it's because even though that photo itself, the gallery or Instagram has twenty likes, I've had the record label reach out to me. I well, not the record. I had the press company reach out to me. On um, the mm-hmm. PR firm, I had the artist acknowledge that they like the images, both the headliner and the co-headliner. And I have the director of lighting say you really did a good job showcasing my art. So you're reaching someone, right? Yeah. People should be aware of what is important, right? Having a million followers to some may be great, right? Mm-hmm. But if you have a million followers and you can't sell 10 teachers, are you really doing well on social media?
2: Right.
1: I think people get stuck on these numbers in the wrong areas, right? Yeah. Because your are engaged line, that's the most important. Now, people think just because my photo has been seen this many times is great. Has someone taken the action and not just tapping it, right? Did they bookmark it? Did they share it out with their own personal platform, right, whether it's DMs or outside, because you get those statistics as well, right? Did someone click the link that you told them to take, right? Yeah. Did they go use your promo code that you posted, right? I, did, I do ticket giveaways now on Ember, and we've been doing them, and the last one we did was for the York concert. Um, we did, and the next one coming up, we have for Sango, right? So yeah. we pick artists that we feel are going to have a great show, not just that, but that is going to activate our audience. How do we reach out to a new market? People that may not know about our blog. We're fairly small, but we have a high engagement rate on our website. Yeah. Wow. I hope that is. I'm not sure. No, <laughs> <laughs> <Well>, you're gift. <good. laughs> No, that's that's no, you hit the you hit the net. Yeah. So you've so, you spoke a lot about as a writer. Um I you know you yeah, and on social media. Is there anything else that people or artists should look at when they're trying to market themselves or promote themselves or promote their music? Because um, I think you hit all of them. Um, I think the, I think that essentially what artists should be aware of and it may not speak to the time, but it speaks to um kind of understanding that their audience isn't just always going to be buyers in the physical sense, right? Mm-hmm. Artists that have the best rapport with their uh, 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 excuse me audience are the ones that turn the biggest profit, whether you're independent or you're assigned to a major, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're an artist and you only post on social media when it's time to sell an album, you're not going to have a very engaged audience, right? Because they don't feel like they have a personal connection with you. So mm-hmm. you have other artists that are on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat all the time, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like they're never promoting music. So it's just like you need to find the medium in between that, right? So remain authentic to yourself. It's not saying, hey, create this whole online persona that fake. It's saying, how do you stay true to yourself so that way your audience and your fans know exactly who you are, right?
2: Yeah. So that
1: way, they are that more invested in your creations, right? So think about artists like Beyonce, and I'll use her because for namesake, a lot of people know her. They know her work, they know her discography, they know her uh, her achievements, and she just won a Grammy, um, another her twenty fourth Grammy, right? So um, with Beyonce, she's her. Let's talk about her art. B first line, right? Yeah. So. Beyonce didn't just jump on Instagram when she started selling Ivy Park. She created a community posting photos of her, her daily wardrobes or her, her wardrobes that she was wearing to special events, taking really detailed photos, right, of her, her yes. nails, her accessories, her hair, her grills, her outfits, her pocketbooks, her shoes. So when she came out and did the whole visual uh, photo rollout for Ivy Park, it wasn't like, oh, my God, look at Beyonce trying to sell us something. She's been showing you her world for a while. She's been showing you how her style has been evolving. She's been showing you that she's interested in your feedback, right? She's shown you that, yes, she still has that country twang. She has a grill. So that's why the Adidas grill photo made a lot of sense. And people are like, oh, my God, that's so genius. And it's like she was already doing grills. This
2: this,
1: this is nothing new if you're a Beyonce fan,
2: right?
1: Yeah. Um, But – is that much more impactful because her audience is like, listen, this is being straight up hands down, right? She's being who she is. She's not hiding from anything. So I'm not saying that that contributed to the success of the line because Beyonce is Beyonce, let's be real. But what I'm saying is don't just engage your audience when you're trying to sell them something. All of the other photos that Beyonce posted, she wasn't associated with those brands or those labels that she was, she was posting. She was posting because she wanted people to see really this, right? Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, click my link to get use code word Beyonce to get 10% off, right? She yeah. was posting it because she wanted you to see what she was wearing. And because she's into fashion. She's a fashion woman, right? I don't want to call her a girl because she's not a girl. Yeah. Um but that's what made it that much more impactful, right? Think yeah. about a lot of other artists that have done that, right? Think about collaborations with brands that made a lot of sense. Cardi B and Fashion Nova. Cardi B has been promoting Fashion Nova. Forever, yeah. forever, if yeah. you've been following her on social media, you've known of Cardi B. This yeah. is, there's nothing new, right? So when she had a launch with fashion, now she's on her second, but when she had her first launch, everyone was like, duh, that makes sense, right? How many collaborations have we seen with artists and brands where we're like, what? That's, that's, I've never seen this person wear this. I've yeah. never seen this person shout out to brand. I've never seen – they're not even the same audience, Right. That's just like if um, I can't even think of, of of someone, right? What like think about like what if Roddy Rich did a, a brand deal with like Gap? It's like oh yeah, it's like okay. um what like I, I okay I cool Gap right? But when you have people that maybe always wear Gap or always support a Gap, like mm-hmm. uh, Bruce Springsteen, he would make a lot of sense to do a, a thing with Gap or like Levi's or Wrangler or something like that. Because a lot of his iconic photos is with denim jeans. It would make sense, right? But you need to find where your pocket is, right? Understand who you are as a brand because everyone is a walking billboard, whether you're an online influencer or not, right? When you walk around, someone's going to say, oh, it's, it's, it's whatever you're wearing. It's like, oh, where did you get that shirt? Oh, where did you get some shoes? Oh, where did you get your nails done that? Oh, where did you get your hair done that? Oh, where did you your makeup? You're a walking billboard at. So yeah. why give up that uh, real estate for free? Same thing with social media. Your social media is a billboard ad. What are you doing to monetize your social services? And that doesn't mean just always selling, right? It yeah. means how are you selling yourself? So that's that's my biggest thing with artists. Understand the give, give, take method on social is giving twice as much free content as you are asking of something. So if you're going to post three things, two of them should not be asking for money to quit, to visit anything. The third one, it's okay to ask them for something, right? Think about if you have a friend, and I use this scenario all the time. If you have a friend that every time they call you they're asking for money, on the third time you're not going to answer because you already know what they're asking you for. Yeah. But if you have a friend who calls you to check on you to see how you're doing, maybe invites you to lunch, maybe um, they want to go somewhere, maybe they're inviting you somewhere special, or they're just calling to say hi, right? So if that friend calls you and asks you for money, you know that they need it, right? But you also acknowledge that this person had built a trust with me, and they built an authentic relationship with me before asking for money. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. You think you hit so many fucking points that I'm just like, I think I just got schooled. Oh, stop, stop. this, mean, this the thing is, it's taken a lot for me to process these things because a lot of these things, although, as you're saying, and they sound like church, these are things and lessons I've had to learn, right? Yeah. I'm just like, why is, why is no one liking my stuff? Or why is this my company social media page not activated? And why, and why, and why? And I'm like, I'm looking at the wrong thing. I'm thinking about it the wrong way, right? Mm-hmm. If we yeah. only focus on who doesn't show up, we never get that attention for those who are there and active and respectful and engaged. So focus on the people who show up to your party, not the people that didn't make it. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Okay, so my last question, because well, all the other questions I could have, I hadn't scratched off because you kind of already, but my last question is, is um, for someone like me, um, that is in their beginning stages um, of doing of, of being a media professional, like what is some advice that you would have? Like it could just be one thing, It could be like a phrase too. Um, what my advice? One, be prepared before you get the offer. Ooh. The, the phrase is to stay ready, so you ain't got to get it right. Be prepared because you're going to be pitching things that you may not feel that you're qualified for, or mm-hmm. you may be asking for things that you don't think that you're going to get in this lifetime, right?
2: Yeah.
1: I asked, I reached out to, and I'll give you a personal example. I reached out for a quote for Atmosphere, who's like an iconic rap duo. Uh, they're co-owners of the label Rhymesayers. Oh, wow. I'm, yeah, I'm on their new uh, letter for Rhymesayers when they put out press release. So they announced that they're they're going to be going on tour again. So I said, Oh, I'm gonna do a the tour announcement, blah, blah, blah. So I replied and I reached out to the press person and said, Hey, do you think that I get a quote on the about the tour um from atmosphere, right? Mm-hmm. And the press person was like, Um, at this moment atmosphere is going to decline to no oh. comment, right? But right, you say, You know what? Would you be interested because I had already reached out to the I think prior to that or after that, I can't remember the order, but I reached out for an interview with Nikki Jean, who was going to be going on tour also. So I oh. said, if you're so interested, though, we could what? facilitate an interview with Nikki Jean, right? I was like, oh, oh, it's like we can do it this week. I was like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. right? So th- my thing is, even though you got to know, you never know what other opportunities to show us show, show to right? Yeah. Stay ready. Be prepared, right? Number two, stay organized. That was one of the things that I had to learn the hard way. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're a media professional, whether you have your own platform or not, when you go, let's say, if you don't have your own platform, Mm
2: -hmm. when you look to
1: leave the platform that you're writing for, any other publication is going to ask for your your resume or your portfolio, right? Mm -hmm. Those social media posts that you've uploaded that have gone viral or that have gotten a lot of engagement, right? Uh, Archive. The interviews that you've done, right? So that whether that's going on to like doing a Google search and say uh, website link downloader or website page downloader, right? Yes. And create a web page or PDF of a web page, right? So you save that just in case that website goes down, you still have that article that article archive, right? Um, you have your resume always updated. You have somewhere that's online that if you're somewhere and you are like oh here's my link, right? You beam it over to their phone. Or um, if you have a pitch deck, right, make sure you have your pitch deck. Oh, this is what i want to pitch. Uh, this is what we're, uh, I'm asking for, so have your rates and all that stuff. How do you organized. So you've never had people searching for things, and then you mess around and make sure window of opportunity to email something over, right, because yeah. you're creating it from scratch. Um, my last thing would be, I guess my last thing would be, If you're you're doing this for the wrong reasons, nothing is ever going to feel gratifying. Mm So be mindful that authenticity is key. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. I know it's hard. You may not feel like you're getting the recognition that you deserve. You may feel like you're working your butt off and it's not showing. All those little steps that you're taking and interviewing people and transcribing is making you a better writer. And it's making you a stronger force. Because mm-hmm. those skills, as heavy as those burdens are doing it alone, um, or by yourself, But some people work for publications, but they don't really have a team behind them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: maybe they're freelance or whatever the case is. But it's building you into a better person. So all of that, that's considered sandpaper, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Sandpaper is rough, rough, rough. And then once all of those tests have been done, you're smoothly put Right. Yeah. Everything that you could have had thrown at you, you are now prepared for everything, right? And i goes always got to be prepared. So the small stuff matter, details matter. And you may not feel like you're getting the looks and opportunities that you think that you should be getting, but hard work, networking is essential. But hard work, networking and and positivity can push you a lot further than me, right? Mm. A retweet from an artist may be great, right? For some people. But some people really aspire to to, to leave a mark with their journalism reporting, right? Yeah. Um, so just remember no things. Always be prepared. Stay organized on top of yourself. And everyone has to go to the process. Everyone has to go start from somewhere to get to somewhere else. You cannot skip the line. You can't you can't do it. Or when you skip the line they are just gonna fall because you have no foundation you built, right? Yeah. Um, so I guess those are the three things I would tell you because those are the three things I have. That's they're amazing, honestly, and I appreciate it. I'm sure like anyone who listens to it will appreciate everything that you just given. Yeah, you know, Felicia, thank you so much for, for doing this. You've given so much great information. Um, some things that I personally should rethink, <laughs> and then but just just things that like would really just help anyone. In this business, because it's really hard. And it's crazy because like all this shit that's coming up with like Diddy. I'm like in my head. I'm like my mom has told me about the ch- how trash Diddy was when he was like coming up. So like all like mixed coming out with um this IG com um, post, and then yo Khalif even um doing that interview. I'm just like all of this has been happening, but it's just now coming up. But it's just great that there are people like us that. Want to be authentic and actually want to help people and not just doing it for the cloud, but because we just see something, and we're just like, yo, I believe in you and I believe in what I'm doing. And I think This, this, this works. And we're going to make it happen. Um, Thank you, man. It's just, you have to. It, it sucks because if you, if you go into this industry or any industry really mm-hmm. and you have your head in the clouds of the possibilities and you kind of aren't secure with yourself and you don't have that confidence, it's easy for someone to rip your dreams away, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that it's your personal responsibility for your own happiness. And no matter what, you should be able to pull yourself up by the booth. It's unfortunate that you're going to come into people that may knock you down. You Mm -hmm. may come across people that will block your opportunities. You will come across people that will try to steal your art from you. That mm-hmm. will happen right? Those things will happen. People will underpay you and mm-hmm. value what you're doing. But just know that even if you don't feel like the person is getting the car deserve or you feel like they are in no winning seasons, the winning is really given by a higher power right and those who are authentic and are authentic and true will never. Ever, ever go without another yeah. opportunity will show us this. Because what is for you is for you. I had to learn that recently. I was mm-hmm. so down on myself, and I'm like, oh, I don't understand how somebody could do something like this to me and whoa me and whoa me. And then God was like, listen, oh a yeah, little bit like you really thought that that was gonna stop you from getting into your opportunity? Yeah, <laughs> I got you. Like I was, like, oh, I thought I you for a minute, and I thought that. People could stop me from what I'm supposed to be doing. And if you're doing what God has intended for you to do, and even for those who aren't, like, religious, if you feel like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and following your, your life's destiny, mm-hmm. there will always be, always be help for those. Always. Mm-hmm. If you feel like you don't have the finances, the finances will come into play. They will fall on you. If you do yeah. have the resources, whether it's technology, equipment, education, that will make itself available to you. So long as you're doing what you need to be doing. If you're trying to sway or deviate from your past, be mindful that you will be knocked right back onto your path, right? You may have this issue like, why do I always end up in these spaces, Or why do I always end up with these people? Or why does that stuff keep coming around? That is your purpose in life. You cannot yeah. learn from your purpose, so therefore, those resources will always make itself available to you. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much. No this problem. Is great. This is really great. I think I want to write a book after this. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. come on. If you want to write the book, do it, man. Just listen, if you have it, you're hearing it, you, you, you still don't just do it, man. Don't even yeah. hold back. You're yeah. I understand that completely, you know, Thank you so much again for joining, um, for doing
0: this. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Hang Time and Friends. We learned a lot from my friend Felisa Don Pointer as far as being a professional and creative in the marketing and entertainment space. If you're still tuning in, that means you get to hear my huge announcement. Whoop, whoop. As you may or may not have noticed, Hangtime and Friends doesn't have a proper introduction or cute little jingle in the beginning. With that being said, I want to invite all my producers, beat makers, and audio engineers to participate in the podcast's first ever mini contest. That's right, I want you to submit a track, max one minute long, to be considered as a theme song for Hangtime and Friends. For more information, you can email me at Ebony. E-B-O-N-Y at hangtimemagazine.com or hit me up on social media at Unrated Ebony. Look forward to hearing your submissions and be on a lookout for the next episode. Subscribe and rate this podcast five stars to let me know that you enjoyed it. Peace.